check I'm on. There we go. Perfect. Well, welcome everybody. As JP said, my name is Martin. Um, I have the privilege of overseeing our Compassion Ministries here at Grace Church. And uh, if you'd like to know more about what that involves, I'd love to chat with you at some point. Um, in a moment, we're going to read Matthew chapter 5. So you might want to start looking for that in your Bibles. If you haven't got a Bible, no problem. The words will come up on the screen and uh, you can just follow along with that. But before we start, I'm going to pray. So I'm going to ask you to uh, um, pray with me. So just close your eyes and um, we're going to listen for what God has to say to us today through his word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can gather at the beginning of this year. We thank you that as we continue our study through Matthew and we look at what you say in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus, that we're, we're given a chance to listen to your voice. We pray today that you would speak to us through your word, that you would reveal a truth about who you are and who we are as we hear your voice. Jesus, we pray today that you'd open our hearts that we might know what it is to live in your kingdom and to hope for the coming fullness of your kingdom in the age to come. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, so Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 to 12. Seeing the crowds, he, that's Jesus, went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Amen. The first question I thought when I read these uh, words were, well, what are these, what we know as beatitudes, what are these blessings? Um, are they a set of rules that Jesus is giving that we, we must follow? Is it a coincidence that Jesus is on a mountain and pronouncing this way to live? When Moses, so many years ago, was on a mountain giving people the Ten Commandments, I've got to be honest, when I read them, my initial thoughts were, I'm really quite nervous about this. Because Jesus has just described a person that I am not. Jesus has just described someone that I am not. I've been a Christian since I was eight years old. I know some of you will look at me and think, well, that's not too long. But the reality is, it's 34 years. 34 years I've been a Christian, and I've been trying to live 
was a good Christian for that time. And yet, I'm not the person that Jesus has just described there. What does that mean? Um, and I expect that maybe we all feel the same. Jesus isn't describing some super Christian here. This isn't a spiritual elite. This isn't what we should be. This is something far greater, actually. Something else is going on. And that's what we're going to look at today. Today we're going to see that what Jesus is talking about is his kingdom. Every blessing ends with a comment about the kingdom. And that's what Jesus is talking about today. We're going to see how he's already brought the kingdom into the world, and that brings with it these blessings, and how the kingdom is also yet to come in its fullness, and that we are called to live in the kingdom now in the sustaining power of the Spirit, and hope for the kingdom that will come and is assured in the person and the saving uh, nature of Jesus. To help us plot our path around this, um, I've divided the eight proclamations. We're going to take verses 10 to 12 as one extended one. Um, in, and we're going to split them, the eight into two. We're going to look at verses 3 and verses 10 to 12 as one. And then we're going to go back and look at verses 4 to verses 9 as the second. Because the verses 3, 10 to 12 talk about the kingdom that is. And verses 4 to 9 talk about that the kingdom that will be completed in the future. So let's together look at what being kingdom people means for us. So my first point this morning is that the kingdom of God is here. Let's read verses 3 and 10 to 12 again. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. You know, I'm a quite an outdoorsy person. I like doing outdoors things. I don't do as many variety of things as I did when I was a, a teenager. One of the things I used to give a go every now and again was abseiling. Anyone been abseiling here? A few people? My wife, I didn't know about that. There you go. That's uh, <laughs> something to find out later. Um, well, what I remember about abseiling is before I take a step over that ledge, I want to be sure that the rope that's attached to me and I'm holding on to is going to do its job. And in the same way, um, I believe that when Jesus is talking about the kingdom that is, that is now, he is saying to you, you have a rope that you can hold on to that will secure you and keep you no matter what you step off the ledge into. Whether you're going through hard times or good times, whether you're scared, nervous, anxious about what lies ahead, the kingdom has you. And that's the first point I want to 
um, push into a bit today. We can be sure that our faith in Christ will hold us and will sustain us as we step into what he has planned for us. The kingdom of heaven is seen today in the church. And the way that Jesus uses us as a church will touch lives here of people in Nottingham. Because Jesus brought the kingdom down and the church exists because we exist in his kingdom. And it is his kingdom that changes lives. It is his kingdom that brings salvation. And Jesus will make sure that his kingdom continues to do this until all of the kingdoms have ended and his kingdom is the only kingdom. Because his kingdom will be revealed in its full completeness. Commentator R.T. France said this. He said, the best is yet to come. The kingdom we have now is great, the best is yet to come. This kingdom that we know, that we experience, that we are blessed um, with today is a foretaste of what is to come. And the future kingdom is glorious. And we live in a time of tension between the kingdom now and the kingdom to come. And that is a good thing. And let me explain why. Uh, later in Matthew, Jesus describes his words, his message, as being the word of the kingdom, the good seed that brings life to all who hear it. The part we have today is to, to come to Jesus and let him, his kingdom take root in our hearts. Let it take root in your heart. The message starts small, but it grows into something that can change the world around us. It does change the world. It's like yeast, which changes water and flour into life-sustaining bread. That's the difference the kingdom brings to us. So before we move on from... Um, the kingdom of God being here, I want to ask, what does it mean to us as we sit here on a Sunday afternoon in Nottingham? Well, firstly, it means that Jesus is in the world. Jesus has not and will not ever abandon you, no matter what you're going through, if you are plugged into his kingdom, if you know him as your savior and your Lord. He is not powerless. Jesus can do all things. His kingdom is here. You belong to it. And the kingdom belongs to you. It's incredible. You belong to the kingdom that Jesus has brought down to earth. And he has given it to you and I. And secondly, when we part of the kingdom, our identity is changed to our core. Our citizenship is secured as citizens of heaven. And as Christians, the rights and privileges of heaven are given to you as his spirit rests on you today. 
Terry Virgo said this um, recently in a tweet uh, leading up to um, New Year. And he said, uh, oh, come on the screen. What a joy to be called by God and created anew in Christ. That's our story. To be already a part of God's new creation and to have passed from death to life. If you know Jesus today, that is a description of who you are. You are in his kingdom. You have passed from the kingdom of death to the kingdom of life. Being created anew as kingdom citizens is not a passive act. It's not something that happens and we sit and it's done. But it's an active acceptance of who we are in Christ. It is our identity. It's an active will to pursue Jesus in all parts of living and an active choice to proclaim the kingdom through the way that we live and the choices we make. The kingdom is worth more than anything else you can place value on. Jesus likens it to finding treasure or a pearl. It's worth giving everything else up for so that you can possess it. The kingdom brings a better perspective to our lives and it, Jesus is promising a kingdom far greater than anything we can make ourselves. To have it, it's a gift. Jesus died on the cross to give you the gift of his kingdom. He invites you to surrender yourself to him, to want to, to make a choice to live in his kingdom and to find life in all of its fullness. The kingdom of God's is here. The second thing we get from these Beatitudes is that the kingdom is yet to come in its fullness. Let's read verses four to nine together. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. You know, you can read verses four to nine as a, check, a checklist describing us now. But the description Jesus gives us of kingdom dwellers is countercultural, isn't it? Talks about meekness, talks about mourning, it talks about having a real desire for righteousness. And that can be not just challenging, but can feel unattainable. But thankfully, this kind of reading is not what Jesus is asking us to do. See, the Beatitudes are a call to march to the beat of a different drum. They're a call to march to the beat of a different drum. See, we are called into his kingdom so that we can better follow the living God. We are not told to do this alone. We're not told that we do this by being better people, by um, learning to mourn or learning to be meek. No. We're called to march to the beat of a different drum in his kingdom 
through trusting that God himself will change us to be ready to live in his kingdom. That's why we surrender ourselves. You know, I love cycling. It's one of my, my passions. I cycled here today, and I'm hoping it's not raining when I cycle home. But to be good at cycling, you have to do more than go to a shop, buy a bike, get all the gear, and then get cycling. You, you need to work at it. You need to learn how to um, become better at it. And in the same way, um, as our bodies change when we take on exercise and we learn how to do it, uh, when the Spirit is given to us, when we are in his kingdom, God does that training on, with us and makes us more like Jesus. Isn't that amazing? I think it is. The Bible uses the word sanctification to describe the work that the Holy Spirit does in our hearts and in our minds that makes us all look a little bit more like Jesus in how we live our lives and in how we value um, the life that we have. Verses 4 to 9 describe the work that Jesus is doing in you and I right now has been doing since we've been Christians and will keep on doing until we know him face to face in glory. We see this at work, don't we? You know, I said I, I work here um, at Grace Church through the week in our compassion ministries. Um, and I love seeing God at work in people's lives. I rem I've um, sat and prayed with people for debt issues to be disappeared, um, for a, a resolution to ha happen. And then when someone receives a letter that clears them of that as an answer to prayer, you can see the kingdom of God at work in their life. I still remember the first time I prayed for someone to be healed. It was here on a Sunday. It was marvelous. I don't know if he's here today. But um, I'll be honest, I would not seen someone healed before. I prayed for him, and he was healed, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. It was marvelous in every way. <laughs> Thank you. Terrible pun. But, uh, you know, these are examples that I'm sure we can all reflect on in our own lives of God's kingdom at work now, but with a promise of something greater to come. You know, no one's made perfect when they're healed or freed from death. But we are assured that we belong to this kingdom. And we are assured that in the kingdom to come, there will be no need to be healed. There will be no need to be freed from death because he has taken it all. A good thing about the kingdom that's yet to come is um, when we enter the kingdom of heaven, we claim in part what will be revealed in full. So whilst we mourn, I think we've got a little table with these on. Uh, I don't know how well you can see it, but whilst we mourn, we will find comfort here and now in the future. True comfort and joy, and they are linked is only found in Christ. And his kingdom, um, and I, I love this, the Greek word for comfort is parakaleo, 
And the Greek word for his spirit is paraclete. They have the same root words. What Jesus is saying now is that you will find comfort through the spirit today. But you will also find comfort by knowing the spirit fully in the future. Isn't that wonderful? The Holy Spirit has been given to us to bring us comfort now and will increasingly do so in the kingdom to come. We also see that as we submit our lives to Jesus, we find contentment in the life we have now. Because because we're rooted in his plans and purposes that will take us into the future. We are heirs. That is the future promise. You are in Nottingham because God wants you in Nottingham serving right now. And the promise is you are an heir and you will share in all that heaven has for you in the future. That should motivate and inspire us to keep pursuing Jesus, to chase after him this year. Our desire for a better and fairer society is also a sign that the kingdom is being built through us. When we see inequality, identity confusion, skewed ideas of what love looks like, and we feel an unease, it's a hunger, a thirst, that is a mark of the Spirit of God at work in your life now, pointing you to what will be right when you are with Jesus for eternity. You can only see the darkness when you stand in the light. And you begin to see the world as Jesus sees it. So what is the promise? Well, Jesus says our desire for righteousness will be satisfied in his kingdom. Jesus brings freedom now. He promises that. He gives us a glimpse of what life will be like and an ongoing desire to be right with God. And a future hope that that's what will happen in the kingdom to come. See, we can rejoice in the now of being the people who Jesus is working in and through here in Nottingham in the sureness that we have a destination that is even greater and is worth it. So as we uh, come to the, the final part, I want to ask us, we are called to live in the kingdom, both now and the kingdom to come. And what do we live for at the moment? Well, I want to consider what it means to live in the kingdom of heaven. And it might be helpful to ask Jesus to help us in three following ways. I think Laura will just pop this uh, next one on. And I'm going to suggest that we, we live in the kingdom with our head, with our heart, and with our hands. You see, living in the kingdom of heaven starts with a relationship with Jesus. And I'd ask you this afternoon to reflect on your relationship with Jesus. As you read the verses, do you see yourself in the kingdom? You're invited to join. It is costly. Jesus asks you to choose to live for him. You don't have anything that he wants other than a desire to pursue him with your life. But the cost is worth it. 
the life he gives is far greater than anything you can imagine. It may be that you're in the kingdom Jesus talks about, but you recognize a need to be freed into knowing that your salvation is assured. That's something that um, Jesus wants to promise you now. If you're in his kingdom, you will not miss out. You cannot lose it. He, ha he has brought the kingdom in. He sustains it and he promises. And in our heart, we rejoice in the kingdom. See, we don't earn the blessings of the kingdom. We can't earn them. They are blood-bought, grace-given gifts. And Jesus offers you them today. You can choose to rejoice in living for him. That's the choice we can make. Our place in the kingdom is not secured by living up to a set of standards. Your place and my place is entirely dependent on the salvation that's been won by Jesus and freely gifted to us. And lastly, living in the kingdom is a call to use our hands, to resolve to live in the yes but not yet, to accept that we are made to learn to live as kingdom people and we have the Spirit working within us doing that. The Spirit's purpose is to make us more like Jesus. And as people who are being made more like Jesus, there is a challenge for us today to ask ourselves, how are we using our gifts and our talents to show others what life in the kingdom of heaven is like. Whether it's our work, our hobbies, how we love other people practically, maybe today is a good day to spend time asking Jesus how he would have you respond to being kingdom carriers, the people who bring his kingdom to the world that we live in today. If you're looking for opportunities and you're free in the week, I'm not going to let the opportunity go by not to encourage you to come and uh, uh, serve in our compassion ministries so that you can bring the kingdom to people who we love in our city. Um, but I'm going to leave you with this challenge. And I found this a real challenge. Mahatma Gandhi, the Hindu freedom fighter, he often quoted these verses from the Sermon of the Mount. And a, a traveling theologian once asked him why he refused to follow Christ if he liked what Jesus had to say so much. And this is what he said. I don't reject Christ. I love Christ. It's just that so many of you Christians are so unlike Christ. And I found that a real challenge. And I wonder, um, we are in the kingdom. We are blessed and rejoiced to be in the kingdom. We, we are called and commissioned to take the kingdom to Nottingham. What does that look like for us, Joel? As members of Jesus' kingdom, we glorify God because we are there because of what he's done. Our status is non-negotiable because it's defined by Christ himself. So this afternoon, take heart, take confidence. The kingdom of heaven has broken into this world and nothing can shake it. It is unstoppable and inevitable. We are promised 
there will come a day when Jesus' kingdom will swallow the pain and the hurt that defines our present age. I urge you, look to Jesus in faith. Live for the kingdom. Together, we are invited to live for Jesus in his kingdom, to rejoice in the salvation and sanctifying work that is freely given to us and to show the world who Jesus truly is and what it looks like to live for him in his kingdom now and in the age to come. Amen.